Hi, I'm Priya Aneja. I'm Paul Shrimp. And I'm Jeff Gorgie. And this is Profits Healthcare Transformers podcast, where we'll be talking to leaders in healthcare who are focused on transforming their organizations to drive the next level of growth for their business and for healthcare. Transformation is one of those terms that has a lot of layers to it. Sometimes it's about innovation. Sometimes it's about shifting the way you do business. Sometimes it's about your overall operating model, and sometimes it's to a specific department or function. It's also about people, helping them navigate the discomfort that comes with change, but also motivating them to engage in the journey of transformation from the CEO to the newest employee. It is a journey, and that's why we created this podcast, to break down this multidimensional, dynamic topic of transformation, one story at a time. Are you ready to dive in? Hi, I'm Jeff Gorgie, your host for this episode. Today, we welcome Matt Gov, the Chief Marketing Officer at Summit Health. Matt, welcome. Thanks. Happy to be here. So today, Matt, we are going to spend some time around the work that uh, you have done to drive the transformation of Summit Health. But before, I'd love just to get a couple of minutes on your background and what brought you to the role you have today. And then if you're up for it, share something interesting that we might not glean from your LinkedIn profile. Got it. Happy to. I've been in healthcare for about 13 years. Prior to healthcare, I was a journalist. Um, I did uh, PR and commercial real estate and worked for a publicly traded commercial real estate developer based in Atlanta called Cousins Properties. In healthcare, I joined a business community effort to save Grady Health System in Atlanta, which is the safety net provider in downtown Atlanta. We were successful in doing that. So it was quite a... An, extraordinary experience. And then I went to Piedmont Healthcare, which is the largest healthcare system in the state of Georgia, where I was the chief consumer officer charged with with running marketing, but then also helping drive our digital experience transformation in our attempts to really try to build the experience around the customer slash patient depending on where you stand on use of those words in healthcare. I mean, now, two and a half years ago, I joined Summit Health, which is created by the merger CityMD, which is the largest urgent care provider in the New York City metropolitan area, and Summit Medical Group, which is now also operating under the brand name Summit Health, which is a um, a large and continuing to grow multi-specialty practice with probably more than 200 locations at this point across New Jersey and New York. But you asked about LinkedIn, and yeah. one thing I might that might not make my profile during COVID, really in spring of 2020, when I left New York and I came back to Atlanta, I learned how to make biscuits from scratch, which as a Southerner is a skill I should have had a long time ago. But so I make a mean homemade Southern style biscuit. Who's more impressed, your Southern friends or your new Northern friends? My son, honestly, my nine-year-old son who can now uh, be served a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit on a Saturday morning before a soccer game. He's super happy. Got it. Feels like a a true Southern boy. Yeah. So Matt, let's go back two and a half years ago. What was it about this opportunity that drew you and and led you to take this opportunity and, you know, move from a a system that was in your hometown and and one that requires, you know, not as much travel over the last two years as you initially (laughs) thought, but but obviously it was a big, uh, potentially a big lifestyle change. We were very successful at Piedmont and building 
a consumer experience engine in a, in a modern marketing function. And I was really fortunate to have an expert team that worked with me in my department, to have a very supportive boss, our CEO, Kevin Brown, who believed in this direction and believed in the in the direction we were taking the organization. But I felt like I had done about as much as I was going to be able to do there. And so Piedmont could have been a very comfortable place for me to work for the rest of my career. But I was looking for a challenge. And something that you may remember from the time when we worked together is that retail, retail-like healthcare is very important to me. When I started at Piedmont, we, we had uh, zero retail or urgent care locations. By the time I left, we were somewhere around 70. And I was very excited about the potential of that and helping support the growth of that in our organization. I was aware of CityMD and its really rapid growth in the New York metropolitan area. And so when I was first approached about this role, it was to be the chief marketing officer for CityMD. And that was a very attractive thing for me because they really had figured out how to create a retail-like experience better than any urgent care operation that I've seen in all of my visits to other healthcare organizations across the country. And so to be a part of that in, in such a unique and competitive market like New York really felt like a, an exciting challenge. Then halfway through the interview process, I found out that they were actually in the process of merging with Summit Medical Group. At the time, was around a thousand employed physicians, a large and growing employed practice, and so that's the that's a, a concept that many health systems are drawn to, right? Like that, you've got these um, high volume, low acuity access engines in the form of urgent care, and how do you how do you connect? that journey for the patient, right? So how do you put this full continuum together so that the patient um, can get to the next step of their care um, and even better uh, for their care and for the cost of care and to be somewhat selfish and for our organization if they do it all inside the same company. Mm -hmm. And so the thesis behind putting these organizations together was we can make care easier for people to access. We can make care connected and more consistent. And in doing that can drive healthier communities at a lower cost. So we can be a friend to the payers and the employers that actually foot the bill for most healthcare and be an advocate and friend to the patients um, and be a wonderful place to work. Yeah, that's great. So tell me about the transformation of Summit slash CityMD at the time that was desired and tell me about where what it's transforming to, right? And then also, where are you on that journey? So we're trying to get from here to there and we're in the middle, we're on our way, we're just getting started. So post-merger, we are trying to get from, from two separate and distinct organizations to one collective care model. It closed in August Weird. of 2019. I joined in September. I joined at the time of the merger. So two separate organizations that we, that we want to act as one cohesive whole. Now that does require significant geographic overlap, right? In order to make it convenient for patients, patients <laughs> like, like any consumer, healthcare patients crave convenience. And certainly in lower acuity care, that's what they're looking for. So the, the idea was, hey, we can put together a truly unique single network that can cover all of the patient's needs and reach the aims that I mentioned a second ago. But the the initial challenge prior to what happened in February, March of 2020, the initial challenge was 
how do we start to create presence in the market? Because uh, Summit had been almost exclusively in New Jersey. CityMD was at that point probably 85% New York, right? So the, uh, the five boroughs of Long Island. And so knowing that we needed to start moving these two things together, it was first more of a real estate and operational push. Like how do we how do we start building more city MDs in New Jersey, opening yeah. more practices in New York and exposing the customers of each brand to the other and helping them understand the linkage. But then <laughs> but then in, in February we knew something was wrong, right? And then March, the bottom fell out. You move from really focusing on building a single culture and presence in a market to survival yeah. for some period of time. COVID was certainly a, a bump <laughs> in the road in terms yeah. of our achieving our larger vision of who we um, want to become. But as things have evolved and as people have evolved and businesses and processes, processes have all evolved to deal with what is, we did get back on that track uh, toward growth and towards closer integration of CityMD and Summit at the same time, adding new pieces to the organization as well in the form of WestMed Medical Group, which is a very large practice based in Westchester County, mm -hmm. uh, north of the city. And then New Jersey Urology, which is the, the premier urology practice with more than, gosh, 80 locations yeah. in the state of New Jersey. Yeah. So before before we leave COVID, I want because I want to talk about the future state and the going forward. But I guess two related COVID questions. What did you learn about the organization that you would not have learned if not for COVID? Or if you prefer this question, what has the experience you as an organization went through COVID in those early days? What did that enable or turn on or accelerate that that may have been you know a silver lining in a in a very dark storm? The urgent care side of the business, the city MD, got a, a totally different feel for the its uh, importance to the lives of New Yorkers. I think everybody knew that it was ubiquitous, right? It, in New York, city MD is to urgent care as, as Kleenex is to tissue, right? It is the it's ubiquitous. Yeah. That said, the role that it can play in people's lives, I think we learned a lot about really the role that an urgent care in a retail like healthcare function can play. In people's lives that should pay dividends down the line as we move towards a more complete system of care for all patients and sort of how you use these storefront locations to help manage people's health. Um, but then I think as importantly, our ability to adopt technology to make customers' lives easier, the light, the the adoption cycle that I'm used to working in larger organizations and how long it takes for something like that to get put into place, everything got chopped into a fraction of what it normally takes because the business required it, right? And so imagine what it would be like to roll out a video visit platform across a thousand employed physicians, right? And, and the length of time that might normally take. Right, right. But because of the, the crisis we were in, and our physicians, you know, for all of the things people might say about physicians from time to time, I've worked with them now for 13 years and I've seen the good, the bad. They really wanted to see their patients, right? Like they cared about the, the care of their patients and the access that their patients had. And so they adopted technology that wasn't necessarily comfortable for them. 
there are times when they would just give their cell phone number to a patient to do a FaceTime, right? To just be able to do that visit and that consult. So the the way that our organization was able to to flex towards towards new technologies and new ways of of engaging patients is going to pay enormous dividends down the line as we as we evolve as a company. Yeah. So let's jump to now and the future. And I have something very specific in my head that you probably said to me three years ago that maybe you said to multiple people and you'll be like, of course, or maybe you said it once and you'll be like, what? I said, what? But you said, what excited you about the opportunity was to create a health system without hospitals. I still say that. You still say that. Okay, so tell me about yeah. that vision. And I, you know, I think what's implicit for me is in some demographics, right, a hospital is the center of a health system. And even if you don't have to go to it that often, it assures you that if and when you need to, you know, you have a place to go. So in other demographics, they, they don't have a primary care doctor, they don't have a health system at all. They just use urgent care as their primary care doctor. So I'm curious about the vision, who you're targeting and who it's resonating with and who and who, maybe it's even surprising if it's resonating with. For me personally, and this was never verbalized in exactly this way to me as I was interviewing necessarily, but what I saw and I think what a lot of people in our organization see is a complete system of care without hospitals, right? Without these enormous fixed costs assets that are legitimately, to pay respect to my hospital company brethren, and often legitimately the center of a community, right? You know, I spend all of my time in urban settings, but I can tell you in suburban and rural settings, the hospital really is, right? The center of, can be the center of employment, can certainly be the uh, center of many things that happen in the community. And so I don't want to denigrate that at all, but I, I do know that without that, Without that gravity sort of drawing everybody towards it, you can think a little bit more creatively about how you go about building relationships with patients and the role that you should be able to play with them in their lives. And being somewhat hospital system agnostic is a really cool thing in a market like New York where there's, you know, several, and several, I mean, there's a, a dozen health systems of some size and importance, right? And so we, we can be an important part of our customers' lives, of our patients' lives, while still them being able to access care at whatever hospital they need to. And so how it plays out every day is, I think, an even higher recognition of the importance of experience, right? Because we don't have that hospital asset that people sort of view is like you said, is almost like a safety net. It's there. We don't have that to rely on, right? They don't choose a relationship with us in case the worst thing happens. They choose a relationship with us out of uh, sometimes out of convenience, often out of a relationship with a provider. But longer term, we expect that they'll choose a relationship with us because we can provide them every bit of care that they need outside of a hospital setting, outside of the most acute settings. And we can put together the relationship and the experience through technology and personal touches that other healthcare providers, particularly those that revolve around hospitals, are going to be more challenged to do because the best way the best way to say it is that they don't if they don't get the care in the hospital, then they can't make it financially. And that's just not the case with us because we don't have them. So give me the 30-second pitch to a new consumer, a new millennial that's moved to New York City, taken a, a job, has good, robust insurance. Why do they need a primary relationship with a healthcare organization and, and why Summit? Why do they need a relationship? That's the thing. I'm not trying to sell them a relationship, right? I'm trying to okay. sell them easy access to care. 
Okay. And so when you feel like there's a need to visit a physician, we have 153 city MTs who I guarantee there's one close to you and you'll get in and out in 30 minutes. I don't need to sell them on the larger relationship right now. I need to sell them on access to care that they need. We will get you to the care you need should you need a more specialized referral, a physician that looks at specific issues, then we can get you there quick and easy and seamlessly. More important than anything, I can't reinforce it enough. That easy access to the first appointment when somebody's when somebody has a what they believe to be a, a relatively minor issue is to that quick and easy access is the way you win. Yeah, and it's clear healthcare has moved away from relationship with Dr. Jones, right? Which for some people is an easy transition. And for some people that have had it, you know, you know since they were they were growing up, is it's hard to not have a relationship with Dr. Jones and have Dr. Jones be the center of your care and call you back when you have a question to relationships with healthcare systems and healthcare or, me, organizations, which is hard. So your, your point's really interesting to me. You're not trying to build a relationship, right? Which begs questions for me about repeat business, about the ability to have customers for life that a lot of organizations want to have, but you may have a model that doesn't require any of that. It's not that we don't require it. It's the, we certainly will require it in order to be successful long-term. It's I'm reacting to what the customer wants. Right. And so I'm building our relationship with them based on what they need from us and not what I need from them. We put together the journey post visit such that they stay connected with us. Yeah. Right. I think of it more, and I know you've heard me say something similar to this before in the past, but it's like, it's like buying a pair of pants online. Like it's just, it's a transaction. Right. And, and often in the lower acuity medical uh, healthcare settings, this is a very transactional business. And so we need to capture that low acuity transaction every single time. If we deliver a great experience in that first visit with us at CityMD or at Summit in a primary care office, if we deliver a great experience there, they're more likely to come back for the next one, which is great, right? We've achieved something really important there. But I don't ever say to a customer, hey, you got to have a relationship with me. Yeah. Because that's not that's not what they're in the market for. What they're in the market for is my knee hurts. Yeah. And I, I need you to deal with it. And if I can do that in and out in 30 minutes and then have a, an email journey that triggers right, right after they get home, right? And, and starts the process of keeping them engaged with us. Hopefully that will that will lead to the next visit. And if they need uh, further care down the line, we've done our job of making them aware of the full scope of the system and can get them to the right place at the right time. So said another way, like trust, relationships are earned, not demanded. Right. Yes. Yeah. And then them being able to trust us is the basis of any right, any long-term relationship. Yeah. I'm going to change the gears a little bit, Matt. So one of the issues with every health system or hospital-based health system, to be more specific, right, for the distinction we've drawn here, is dealing with, well, patient volume, and for some of them often is, you know, it's still a challenge and something they're thinking about in market share. But their biggest barrier toward organizational growth is not patient volume, it's capacity and talent. Where's your organization kind of in that battle? And what's your proposition to you know, the, the, the talent you need and to, to drive the capacity you need to be able to deliver on your proposition to consumers. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, a, that's an excellent point. For us, obviously, attracting uh, clinical talent, attracting physicians, 
is pretty close, if not the top of the list. And so I think what the cell is, one, we're still physician-led and that we have clinical leaders all the way at the, of the highest reaches of the organization. But also, we have long been and continue to be an organization that allows clinical leaders to make more of the decisions to eliminate or at the very least significantly trim down the amount of bureaucracy in our organization in terms of making investment in clinical decisions around growth. It's a place where a doctor can spend his or her time really being a doctor. That's very attractive to a large segment of the physician world. Yeah. So give me the next three months or six months growth path for Summit Health. And if you want to, if you want to break any news here, that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could, but then by the time this comes out, I'll no longer be the CMO Summit Health. <laughs> what it looks like in the next few months. I mean, I know we'll be opening more practices. We've got a huge hub opening in Clifton, New Jersey, and we've got uh, something we were, we're planning on in Garden City, Long Island. So we've got all of these these expansion plans across our footprint. And this model, is there how much of it is replicable in other places? Or can we identify the building blocks that allowed us to be where we are now in other markets and think about going to those as well? So that's the that's part of the conversations we're having internally right now. We will look forward to seeing the next three and six months uh, emerge and, and see what happens and where some health is going. My last question for you, Matt, if you have one lesson for a transformer to be, a healthcare leader with the ambition and the means to transform their organization, what are the one or two or three lessons that you've learned through your work at Piedmont Healthcare and your work at Summit that you would share? Oh gosh, the, yeah. The the most important thing I've I, I learned so much. I can't I can't I couldn't begin to list out everything that I've learned during the process of helping Piedmont uh, and and Summit and other organizations grow. But the for Piedmont specifically, I remember it being something of an epiphany for me. So we talked about experience a lot, right? We're going to build this unique and new customer experience that your brand is nothing more than the sum of the experiences a customer has with you. And yet we hadn't really fully engaged operations <laughs> in that yeah. conversation. And yeah. so I would say anybody that comes from my side of the organization, that comes from the, the marketing and experience world, don't start this journey without having operational partners to be with you at every step of the way. Because this brand and experience you're trying to build breaks down the moment someone at the counter at a physician practice or at an urgent care can't deliver on it because you haven't included them. That's my best lesson. That's great. Matt, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being a part of it. And uh, we'll be watching. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's great to talk to you. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Profits Healthcare Transformers podcast. This podcast is produced by Jared Johnson and his wonderful team at Shift Forward Health. And a big thank you to our hosts, Priya Anasia, Paul Shrimp, and Jeff Gorgie. If you liked today's episode, you can find more great content like this at profit.com slash thinking. I'm Anna Kuno, the senior editor of this podcast. Thank you for listening.